We'll just have a uh, bow our knees for a prayer, if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to bow our knees before you, Lord, and to worship you in your house and to sing praises to your name and, and songs and hymns and poems, for you are worthy, Lord. We ask that you forgive us for any sins that we might have committed. Transform our hearts, transform us into your likeness. Thank you for coming and seeking to save that which we are lost. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for everybody who participated in the Christmas program. It truly was beautiful. It really is. It's very, very touching to hear those beautiful hymns and the piano playing and everything. It was just gorgeous. So thank you so much. You know, I was told that I'm going to have a sermonette and that I am to preach shortly because of this. So I'll try, okay? And I, I really cut things down the best I could for sure, but I want to... I think it's time, it's fitting that we think about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's very interesting that once in a while when you preach, you put, you're trying to put together a sermon that the Lord will somehow sprinkle these kind of thoughts on other speakers as well. And uh, I've seen it again and again and again. How many times have were, you have not studied something yourself? And then you'll turn on... Doug Batcher, Amazing Facts, and he's preaching the same thing. And then you go to another website or another grid speaker, and he's speaking the very same thing. Have you ever seen that happen? I've seen it again and again and again. Well, I got something very interesting to tell you, which I think is, is quite funny, actually. About four weeks ago from this day, Brother Jeff Weir uh, decided he was going to do a sermon, and his sermon was that the earth was created to be inhabited. you remember that? And uh, one day, Brother Jeff, we talked sometimes during the week, and he called me, and he goes, this is like in November, and he said, Ron, what are you working on? I said, well, I'm working on my sermon for Christmas. He goes, well, what's it about? I go, well, I'm going to show the earth and the universe, and I'm going to make my point here about it in a minute. And he goes, well, that's interesting, because I'm working on a sermon about how the earth is to be inhabitant. And I said, well, that's interesting, too. He goes, by the way, are you going to show the earth in, in the small, pale dot? And I go, yes, I am. So uh, we were kind of on the same page, different emphases, but the same page. And then the next week, Brother Kent came up here. And you know Brother Kent, he's a great speaker, and he preaches on different topics. But one of his topics was the speed of light in the universe and how long it would take us to go to the kingdom. You remember that? And I laughed. I said, there we go again. Uh, the Lord has impressed three of us basically on the same topic, but each one of us with different points of view. Jeff's point of view was that the God created this world to be inhabited. And there is no way this world could possibly be here without all those little things that had to be just right for us to be here, which proves without a question that God is the God and our creator. Amen. And then Jeff, I'm not Jeff, but Brother Kent, his emphasis was, well, we know that the kingdom and Jesus is coming through the constellation of Orion. And that we know that if we were traveling at speed of light, he brought up that in seven seconds we would travel around the earth in 35 times. Remember that? And because of that, 
in order for us to travel from here all the way to the constellation Orion, we would have to be traveling many, many, many times the speed of light. And that was his emphasis on showing how great God is. And so neither one of those were my emphasis, but both of those emphasis were great. So I just want to show a little bit what my emphasis was today. If I can show you. I've never done this before, so. Okay, well. Okay. So I'm not, I don't have lots of slides because I didn't want to go into the same, a lot of the same things that Brother Jeff did. But as you can see, when you consider our planet in this very, very huge universe, we are pretty much nothing. We are nothing but a speck of dust in this cosmos. And as Jeff showed you last time, you can see uh, uh, our constellation, uh, the Milky Way, and you can see that little arrow is pointing to our Earth. Can you see our Earth? You can't see it. I mean, we are a speck of dust in the cosmos. In fact, there was a pale blue dot that is shown in the, one of the sun rays of the, of the sun. And you can see how small we are. And remember, you couldn't even see us in the constellation of Milky Way. And then you see all the different galaxies in the world. And I'm not going to go and repeat all the things that Brother Jeff did. He did a wonderful job. It, it, it's not my emphasis. My emphasis is this, brothers and sisters. We are next to nothing in the cosmos. We are a piece of dust. And it's only when you can fully grasp that, that this little tiny planet rebelled against God. God could have, if he wanted to, without an explosion, without fanfare, without fire, without pain, God could have just said, be gone. And we'd have been gone. It's only when you can grasp how really nothing we are in the cosmos, how tiny we are, and we're talking about a planet. We're these little things crawling around on that speck of dust. When you fully understand how really nothing we are, do you truly understand how great God is? He came to this earth to save us. It shows you how great his love really is. And you fully grasp that when you fully understand how nothing we really are. But not in the eyes of God, we're nothing. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalms 8, verses 3 and 4, David pondered these same things as he looked up into the heavens. And David said, When I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. Right? Who are we? In God's eyes, we, we were of the lost sheep. Remember the 99 he left to go to seek? Those that were lost. The Bible says in John 3.16, a well-quoted verse, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the God we serve. The incarnate God. God came to this little speck of dust in this cosmos. Can't even see us. I'm sure the rest of them, who are these people that you would do this? And the, John tells us in the book of John, starting in the first verse, is well familiar as well, that in the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent of of God named John. We know that to be John the Baptist. The same came to witness, to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He, John, was not the light, was sent to bear witness of the light, to point out who the light was. That was the true light, the light of every man that cometh into the world. He, Jesus, was in the world, our creator, our God, the one who made everything. The world was made by him, and yet the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and they received him not. But to as many as received him, that's you and me, brothers and sisters, but to as many as received him, then gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God who believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor, uh, um, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen? And then in 14, the verse 14 is the one that I love the most. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came to seek us who are nothing, really. The earth is made of dust, we're made of dust, thus thou art, thus thou shalt return. But yet in God's eyes were his children. And from there the prophecies came and started to be spoken in the Old Testament. This is a spirit of prophecy quote, which also quotes a Bible text. Nearly 2,000 years ago, a voice of mysterious import was heard in heaven from the throne of God. Lo, I come. I come. Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. Lo, I come in the volume of this book. It is writ of me to do thy will, O God. That's found in Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. In these words is announced the fulfillment of the purpose that had been hidden from eternal ages. Christ was about to visit our world and to become incarnate. In the eyes of the world, he possessed no beauty that we should desire him. Yet he was the incarnate God, the light of heaven of the earth. And the glory was veiled, and his greatness and his majesty were hidden, that we might draw, so that he, I'm sorry, that his greatness and majesty were hidden, that he might draw near to sorrowful, tempted men. The, the, the subject of the incarnation is a tremendous, beautiful, love story of God and us. And yet the world ignores it as if it, they don't want to know it. I'm shocked, brothers and sisters, I'm shocked. During a, this time of season when we should be focusing on the incarnate God and what Jesus' great love, and yet on the television you see nothing of it in this world today. It's shocking. It's shameful. In fact, I was looking, I was telling uh, the class downstairs that I was looking for something to watch on TV or something to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. And I came across a program called The Christmas Story, and I said, oh, good, The Christmas Story. 
And I turned it on, and it was about the beginnings of St. Nicholas and Santa Claus. I mean, the atrocity to call it the Christmas story and then not even have Christ in it was sad to me. And so I thought today what would be a good thing to do today was tell the real Christmas story. And if you'd like to follow me in the Bible, you can. I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35. And we're going to recant the Christmas story, the real true story, the incarnation and what everything is all about and why we worship the great loving God whom we serve. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, and I've, I've kind of embellished a little bit on the wording because some of the old English, so I've kind of translated and made things a little easier, but I'm, I'm not taking anything out of context. To a, a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored of the Lord, uh, or highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled and saying and cast in her mind what manner of words that these should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall never be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now I'm going to come over to Matthew chapter 1. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me, it's up to you don't have to. You want to just listen, that's fine. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18 through 24. Matthew 1, 18 through 24. I heard pages rustling. I'll give a moment. Matthew 1, starting at verse 18. Now when Mary was engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, now finding his engaged wife to be pregnant with a child that wasn't his, and not willing to make a public example of her, was thinking how he would put her away privately, not to make a spectacle of her. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all these things that were done might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord of the prophet Isaiah 7:14, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him Mary to be his wife. And now, if you will, skip over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 20. Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. 
And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went to went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flocks of the night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And thus shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And it came to pass... If the angels were gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which had come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child, about that he was the Christ. And all they that heard it wondered of these things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that was told unto them. Now, if you will, we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 35. Matthew chapter 2, starting verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, found in Micah 5.2, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art the least among the princesses of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And heard when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, 
they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And the wise men, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and the mother, and flee into Egypt, and, thou, and, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and he departed to Egypt. That it was there, and there, and was there until the death of Herod that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet Hosea, chapter eleven, verse one, saying, "Out of Egypt have I called my son." Then Herod, when he had saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent and slew the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under according to the time in which he diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, chapter 31, verse 15. In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. They would not be comforted because they were not. Satan tried to destroy Jesus at his very beginning. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For, there, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and they came into the land of Israel. And he came and dwelt in the city of Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And in the eighth, when the eighth day... And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the young child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification were, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it was written in the law of the Lord, every male that opened to the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when he and when the parents brought the child to Jesus, brought the brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then Simeon took up took him up in his arms, Jesus, and blessed God and said, "Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation." which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, that's us, and the glory of the people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. 
And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for a fall and a rising again of many in Israel, for a sign which shall be spoken again. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. And as you know it, Jesus came, he died, and he rose again for our salvation. And 1 Timothy 3.16 kind of sums things up. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Brothers and sisters, Jesus gave everything. He risked it all when he became man. He risked the possibility of falling into temptation and sinning, which would have ended everything. But he risked it all. He came, bled, died. He knew beforehand that the thorns would be placed upon his head. He knew before he came that his he would be whipped so bad that he could see his bones. You can find all these things in the Old Testament. Jesus knew all these things, yet he came to this little speck of dust out in the cosmos because he loved each and every one of us. Praise God. I thank him for his love. If you would like, you can kneel with me for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Jesus Christ, thank you for so much for coming to us, those of us of every this little planet, because you loved us. You're our Creator, you're our Father, you're our God, and we love you. And I, it's my prayer that we worship you and seek to be near you the rest of our lives. Let us... You've given all to us. Let us give you all of our hearts to you. Let you be the focus of our life. Let us seek to be with you in a heavenly kingdom, to be with you in paradise in which you had originally planned for this planet from the very beginning. Thank you for being the incarnate God. Thank you coming to be one of us, that we may touch you, see you face to face, And I know that we will again get to do those very same things. We will be able to sit at your feet and you can tell us the marvelous things and the marvelous creations that you've done, Lord. Don't let us do anything that would keep us from being with you. Lord, if there be anything in our hearts, no matter how dark, no matter how black, Lord, give us a hatred for sin and a love for Jesus Christ, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.